0: Good evening, and uh, I am Christopher Scott, and this is the Hip Hop Social Worker podcast. Um, I decided to launch a podcast that was more in tune with my actual field of practice, mental health and social work. Um, I figured this could be a good way to kind of get my foot in the door in some spots, really uh, share some experiences, hopefully uh, help some some curious minds out on how to really be mentally healthy. I figure this was a good time to, to launch this podcast because it's, um, uh, mental health awareness month, the month of May. So, especially because, uh, it's, uh, mental health right now is, is popping. and like people really want to be in tune with themselves. They want to be in tune, uh, You know, with their mind, they want to get their mind right. You know, people are going to therapy, really trying to work their stuff out. And I figured since this was my field of practice, why not try to get my foot in the door? So uh, I plan on doing this weekly, uh, hopefully get some guests uh, down here so I could really uh, really just dive into some mental health and some uh, social work topics. Because, I mean, mental health is my field of practice, but... I mean, technically I am a social worker, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, just, that's my goal. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I can kind of find my, my own footing in this field and, uh, maybe we can, uh, try to get some people to get their, you know, to get their, uh, psyche in order. So, uh, I'm gonna run down some things, uh. You know, uh, like I said before, May being Mental Health Month, that gave me an idea to really uh, launch a podcast that uh, that really pertains to you know things I do on a daily basis. I feel like uh, mental health is the key to overall health, and it's important that we cope with stress and anxiety in a healthy way, and we're not um, you know going down the the line of addiction, self harm, self sabotage. Um, Withdrawing from others, I mean, unless you know you're cool with that, but if you're not and you feel like you, you know, you're withdrawn from others, then we gotta get you. We, we gotta get it right so we can, uh, you know, try to live some productive lives or live live a life that you seem is productive. I mean productivity is objective, and everybody has their own way of success and what their what their life is gonna be like. all right so just to uh kind of run down some things about myself uh i got into social work um, just working with uh i used to be in a program called SEI and uh i used to work with with um elementary school school age children and i kind of got my foot in the door um in the social work thing just trying to work it with them you know and nothing really too big just kind of being like a mentor for the summer, you know, something to buy some school clothes, you know, for the next school year. And, uh, uh I really didn't know that's what I wanted to do until, um, I, I was, I went to undergrad and, uh, I was, a, well I first started out, my first career was I was going to be a barber and, um, you know, I was, I was going, I was going through that, you know, I went to to get my barber license. I still have my barber license and I was going to go to, you know, to, um, to Western Oregon to get my business, uh, degree and opened up millions of, you know, million dollar barbershops. But when I got to, you know, uh, Western Oregon, I, f- I, f- I realized that those business classes was a little harder than I was expecting. So, um, you know, I talked with my, you know, with my personal counselor, my mom, and, uh, she kind of, uh, you know, cause she does social work. She kind of, you know, we sat down and we kind of thought about things, uh, you know, things that I like to do. And, uh, so I was like, well, you know, I, I kind of like talking to people. I kind of like helping people. Because when I was a barber, you know, a certain part of that was uh, counseling. I remember I had a client, and he asked me about, you know, marital issues. He's had marital problems. And I was about 20 years old, and I had no idea what to say to him. But, you know, I think, um, you know, I just listened to him, and I kind of gave him some subtle advice. Well, not really advice, it was like subtle things he could do. And he really appreciated that. And I was like, well, I mean, maybe... You know, maybe there's something there. So um, and I remember uh, a few summers back before I graduated undergrad, um, I had uh, this relationship with this kid and I remember um, how, how important or how special that bond was because, uh, you know, he had went through some stuff and I helped him out and we was just kind of building. And I remember how he would, he appreciated the fact that I was I was there for him and I figured, um, hey, this is pretty cool. Um, You know, might as well get into this field. So I did my research. I switched my major. And then, uh, you know, from there, I went on to work different jobs. Uh, uh, My first social work job was uh, working with kids who suffer with PTSD in, uh, you know, like a day treatment program. After that, I worked at a homeless shelter. And after that, I worked in a juvenile detention facility out in the Dallas. Um, And that's when I decided that I was going to go, you know, back to grad school and, uh, you know, get my master's degree and become a therapist. So after that, you know, I applied for grad school with my fingers crossed and I got in. So that was like my first step of becoming, you know, a therapist. And I'm still on that track today. Um, You know, I I just I I made it official after I graduated. I became a a CSWA and that's like the, you know, the pre-step to getting your, uh, you know, to getting your licensure. Um, I really chose social work because, uh, I think every social worker chose social work because they have like, you know, like traumatic experiences that they can share with, you know, the clients that, you know, that, that they're going to serve. So, um, you know, I grew up just a typical kind of, uh, I don't want to, you know, put a, you know, you know, put a, I don't, I don't want to put a label on it, but like the typical black lifestyle, grew broke, you know, parents is on drugs, uh, went to foster care, things like that. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted it to be a, a testimony to people going through that kind of stuff to know, like, Hey, you know, it, it, looks rough, but, um, you know, I, you know, me and my family are a testimony to let you know that things can get better. So, um, that's why I really chose this field and, uh, you know, and, you know, that was, like, the root cause of it. And then when I got into it, I figured, you know, ways I could go. And I figured, like, you know, therapy was, like, the most lucrative way to kind of make a dollar out of social work. But also a way to kind of, uh, you know, to sit down with people and really figure out ways to, uh, you know, help them help themselves. You know, like, my approach when I, uh, I have clients, I really don't try to fix them. My goal is to, um, you know, give them the tools that they already have and uh, help them, uh Use those tools to kind of make themselves a better person, or you know, make the help them with the you, you know the goals they have. You know, it's it's not always it's not always easy. It's not always like simple. Like I can't really you know, it's not math. I can't sit down and you know do a formula and there we go. You you, you you're you, you know you're better. So it does take patience, and I feel like you know like I have that kind of patience to kind of you know. um, you know you know when you get those tough you get those tough cases um i have I have the patience to really you know buckle down and help them get to where they need to go so my mission with uh professionally I already kind of said that you know to be a therapist have my own practice uh you know just to kind of be a contributor to my community but also with this podcast is really to uh you know kind of kind of be a journey with them inside myself. Uh, I mean, try to help other people, uh, you know, just kind of put their own pieces together. And really because, you know, like I see like I have a vision for myself, for like being like a person who can travel and do speeches and do conferences. And I feel like, you know, this podcast is really um, a tool to help me get to where I need to go. But also I could kind of, you know, give some uh, some some tips, some uh, helpful advice to people who uh who really just want to be better. You know, we all kind of, you know, like I I've I know people who've dealt with depression shit, I've dealt with depression and things like that. And um it's you know, no, nobody wants to be in that kind of funk. And uh, you know, I feel like it in the uh in, in the era we're in and in, 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 in the age we're in, um people aren't scared to ask for help, you know. And I feel like it's easy like you even get a therapist online. So, um uh, I feel like it's not really any excuse, you know, except for, um, you know, trying to let go of that stigma of asking for asking for mental help or mental health help, you know, and just really trying to uh, buckle down and figure um, your stuff out. Uh, I chose the name Hip Hop Social Worker because, uh, you know, that's kind of the, you know, you know, the culture I'm from or from the, you know, I'm around that age of, you know, where hip hop played a big part of my life, and um, I really want to kind of stick to that you know, like I don't, I don't have like a big, you know, professional, I said that would quotes, lexicon, you know, I don't really talk with big words, you know, you know, like when I have clients and, you know, and we're in the sessions and we're building, I kind of, I talk to them just like how I talk to, you know, to my friends and, you know, and, and I feel like I get the same point across, you know, like, even though I'm not using big words and I'm, and I'm really just, uh, keeping it simple. And I feel like the way, you know, because I keep it simple, I feel like I reach. I reached them more, you know, so, um, but other than that, yeah, you know, I, I wanted to switch, uh, you know, the way the social worker is perceptive, you know, like I like most social workers that I know are older white ladies, you know, and I kind of want to, you know, bring some, uh, you know, like bring a different approach to, you know, to the whole social work thing and the whole mental health thing. So that's why I chose the name Hip Hop Social Worker. I know it's not like the coolest name, but I feel like, you know, it represents my authentic self. And how, uh, and how I approach, you know, my practice. So speaking of practice, um, the way I approach cases are, you know, I approach people. I'm very uh, trauma informed. I, I believe that uh, everything kind of happens based off our past or something that happened that you know, you, you know, that triggers a response. Um, I know when I was a kid, I used to, see, you see, um, you know, uh, kids that would, you know, have like a, a label of being bad. But now, like you get older, and you realize that there's probably some stuff going on in their environment, or you know, in their family, or at home. So they come to school, and they kind of take it out on the, um, on the classroom or the teacher. So, like, I really, I I really try to hone in on like what kind of things are going on because I feel like if I figure that out, I can um, I can get to the next step, you know? Because, uh, yeah, like I said, trauma trauma informed is really something that I re- like I really base my practice on that. Um, also, like the systems theory, you know, um, because like uh, I feel like you know, knowing knowing uh, you know where the where the person comes from, the kind of family they have, the kind of supports they have, you're kind of setting it up to understand like where we can, you know, like what kind of plan we need to make, you know, saying so we can set that person up for you know for the ultimate success, um, because it's no it's it's really it's really no um no point in trying to set up stuff that you know you 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 know they come to the office for an hour and then when they go back home then they got all this stuff to work out because you know you didn't set the plan up right or you didn't really examine the kind of like environment they live in so I feel like we gotta take all that stuff in and um in in like account when we're trying to help these people out and we're trying to you know um Really make these plans so people can really, you know, really just uh, flourish. You know, like I, I want everybody to uh, flourish and and do well. You know, like because man, I've I've had my like I said I had my bouts with depression and have I've been bogged down and it's really not cool when you ain't nobody to talk to or you talk to somebody that that you don't you don't think understand you. You know, that's what another reason I got a social work because I feel like as therapists and social workers black people, black males are underrepresented. And I wanted to kind of bring that light to us so we can uh, really show that, you know, our young black males down here that are out here that are struggling, that there's somebody that looks like you and somebody who can relate to your problems when it comes to, like, you know, the systematic racism of of all these systems, the schools, the justice system, um, the workplace, the corporations, you know, all, all the stuff that, you know, when we sit down and you tell me that, these things are happening, I'm not going to dismiss you in disbelief. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, because I I deal with the same stuff. Also, another approach that I I wish the world would we could uh, kind of work on is more uh, upstream interventions rather than downstream interventions. You know, when I was in grad school, I saw a video and explained what that meant. And it it really it really made a lot of sense, you know, because like I said, I used to work in these in these juvenile facilities. And we would have these groups, and we would uh you know have these groups, and we would teach these youth um you know the the you know the proper i say that with quotes too the proper way to handle you know stress and to handle you know um your friend who wants to go do a crime, you know, and you're supposed to look him in his eye and say. No, I have too much to live for, that kind of stuff. But, you know, those kind of things only go so far. And it's easy to do that in a controlled environment. But um, it's harder to do that when you're out or when you're in your element and you got, you know, you just got to survive. And uh, so, you know, like a downstream approach is like, you know, uh, the CPS cases and the, you know, like, uh, you, you know, you go and you work with the parent. You try to help them out. You send them back upstream. They come back for six months, you help them out, you send them back upstream. But an upstream approach would be, you know, you go, you actually go upstream and you figure out why, you know, these these, these these people keep coming downstream and you try to fix what's going on upstream. And that made so much sense because it's like, you know, we, especially when you talk about poverty and people being from, uh, you know, violence-stricken areas and all that kind of stuff, you know, when we, when we see them as clients, and then we just try to do like the quick, you know, uh, yeah, you should do this, this, this. And then we send it back to the environment. I mean, how we, like how we, how we expect that's supposed to work out for him. So, you know, like I feel like my uh, wish, you know, we have more resources to kind of um, fix that part of the system. Because, you know, like I feel like, um, you know, you know you people always um, talk about paying like, you know the taxes for like welfare recipients, all that stuff. But it's like we know you're gonna pay for it somewhere. So like I you I, I would rather do it in a in a preventative intervention than um, you know like a reactive intervention because we already we already know the reactive intervention that yeah, works when you know you're 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 in custody or you, you're with the worker. But once they're gone, you know who knows what's gonna happen because we didn't really fix the root of the issue. So yeah, that was a uh, really my quick introduction. Um, this was really just to kind of uh, you know roll out what's gonna be happening. I really want to uh, get some people to kind of go through some things, talk you know, run down some things, talk to them about their uh, mental health issues, uh, their anxiety, their depression, their you know, they fighting the stigma. You know, I really want to touch on that the stigma of. Of uh the mental- he- the mental health in poor and poor in you know in poor communities and also in communities of color and um also um really like try to figure out a way like to have the conversation of uh faith in mental health you know I know sometimes people would like to separate those two, but sometimes i well like my personal belief, I feel like they can uh, kind of intertwine and they can help each other out um uh, so really uh yeah, this is just to, to start. Um, you know, uh, I appreciate you clicking and uh listening and uh yeah, I'll holler at you next time. <music>